What is good? It is point two point two FM while talking podcast. <sighs> it's crazy because it is twenty twenty one, and in COVID, we've lost so many people. So many people. So many people just are gone. So many legends, and one of those legends is DMX. DMX was so important to me as a kid. DMX got me one of my first friends on the bus in Browns Mills, New Jersey. I remember her name was Jennifer. And she was a cool Puerto Rican white chick that I was just really friends with. And we used to talk about TLC and DMX and Alia and all the dopest songs that was coming out during that time period 2000 but even at school when we were in class in my homeroom in the 7th and 8th grade I would hear sorry I'm just trying to get it together I'm just being real raw with you because that's what I do you know I did cry because it's like dang when I think about DMX, I think about just people I know from Jersey, family I know, you know, who who reminds me of of his grittiness and his rawness and his northern mentality. And it just really does something to me, you know, because when I see DMX, I think about my brothers, you know, so it's really, really sad. So today episode is really going to be focused on just talking about the life and the legacy of DMX. I probably won't go and do a real professional, uh, just deep dive into this episode as much as I would like to, um, because my emotions are all in a twist today, but maybe I'll come back with a part two where I get more inclusive into his bio. That's something I would really like to do. So let's take a short bristle so maybe I can get myself together a little bit more. We could talk a little bit more about DMX and his legacy. You are now listening to Point Two Point Two FM Walls Talking Podcast with your host, the victorious Latoya Justice Sharee, and your co-host, King Nas. Thank you for listening. You'll get everything on this podcast. What is a good point? Two point two FM. It's Latoya, Justice Sharee, Shabazz, and I'm super excited more than Campbell's. Not really, but I'm here, so I'm super excited. Morning, Kim, was actually be here talking to you guys. For those of you females and males and ladies and gentlemen, young children who are used to a world with DMX, sadly, we are in a world now with him no longer being in it. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what to say. My emotions are really crazy. I've been watching commentary from... You know, DMX and 
the Busta Rhymes and Roxanne Chante and just so many people who talked about him while he was just in the coma. You know, Master P, some of these people who were real centerpieces of my childhood videos that I would just watch back to back to back on BET over and over and over again. I mean, literally the staple of my childhood. I remember walking around with a Walkman and then coming home after school with a big fat pack of Juicy Red gum, arguing about it like it was some type of Newport 100 for teenagers. And then, you know, doing my homework and jumping on my... (laughs) my purple huffy bike and going to the local bodega which was not really even a bodega it was just a convenience store aka corner store which was called the lake store literally sat on a lake it was like the most incredible thing it was like you go pull up and there was a big old lake behind it and then there was the store it was the best thing ever honestly honestly the best thing ever but I remember one of those pieces of my childhood one of the things that just made me feel so in tune with the world was listening to my Walkman and on rotation you could find anything from Aaliyah to Tupac to Biggie to Mariah Carey to the Spice Girls to Aaron Carter to Justin Timberlake which back then he was in sync <laughs> um to the Backstreet Boys I mean I literally would listen to anything Sade um classical music whatever caught my eye I didn't care if it was Ludwig van Beethoven or it was Michael Jackson's thriller if I wanted to hear it I'm gonna listen to it and among all those great classics and legends from that time period in my life and heavy rotation was definitely DMX I think one of the favorite songs that I had was Slippin'. It was a real song that got me through some heavy, dark times. Times where I felt like I was alone in the world. Times where I had been manipulated or mentally abused as a child or physically. Times where I felt like I couldn't get through. Times where I felt like just a weird girl, you know, in this crazy world, you know, where I didn't fit in with the white kids or the black kids, the broke kids or the rich kids. I was just me. And so I would listen to the song Slippin' and it would bring this aura of just a fallen star, a fallen angel who is just trying to get their way back up. And as much as they climb, the walls are too slick and too filled with their own anguish and blood to even crawl to that top field. And I felt like, yo, this dude is deep. He had a heavy, raspy voice full of pain and anger, but still, when he hit those heavy notes, he would always climb back with a smooth, soft note that lets you know that he was full of pain. But yeah, he felt the sympathy and empathy inside of him. He would get real mad, but then he'd come back and he'd just show you that he was trying to forgive you. And I seen his interview with Iyana which we're going to get into that into another part of the show. But basically how he spoke on his prayers and the CDs was really how he spoke in real life. 
And it's because of being from up north. And it's because of the area he was from. And it's because of the life he lived. He was a little boy who lived a tough life and had to learn how to be tough with one eye open at all times. But still had to learn how to maneuver through life in those moments where he had to try to be soft. But it's kind of hard when everything seems like they're just throwing you in the left field. And I can really identify with that. I can really understand it. Lately, I had a tough time. This week was off. And I say that. You hear me a lot of times say that. And one of the reasons why is because I forgot. <laughs> I didn't have my prayer alarm set, so I wasn't able to pray. As a Muslim woman who practices Islam, I pray five times a day. And because I was sick, you know, I didn't I didn't have to pray. And because I'm still sick, it kind of throws me off. But when I'm not praying, when the kids are not praying, it throws us off. We got into this routine lately where we're just praying. And so I can see why, as a Christian man, it was so important for him to pray. He prayed on Instagram. He prayed in his songs. He prayed at his concert. He would just fall into it. I can't say that DMX was the perfect person because a lot of people tend to sit there and say things like DMX was this perfect person. He wasn't, but no one is. I can't say DMX wasn't a good person. I can't say that because he did do a lot of good things. I can say that when you go through a lot of pain and you're struggling to be better than the person that you could have been if you fell into that trap. It's hard for the outside world to to really see you because they didn't fall in your footsteps. You're on mile 10,000, but if they would have seen you at mile 1,000, they would know why you are the way you are at mile 9,996. And why getting to 10,000 was a big accomplishment because, hell, you didn't even think you was going to make it to 1,003. You know what I'm saying? And... I think about just the way I am now and listening to the listening to what Roxanne Shantae had to say. It reminded me of how I was when I was a kid. It reminded me why I had sleep anxiety. I never knew until I thought about it. Until I thought about why I didn't want to go to sleep. Or why I peed the bed until I was like 10. Or why I gained the weight. Or why it's so much of a complex for me. Sometimes you find confidence in being an alter ego. And why it was so easy to change my name. And why I'm so easy to slip into being afraid to trust. Because you know the first time a person slips up, you're you're afraid. You're you're in pain, but you can't show it. So you retreat back. Because you know that the world is full of people who are crooked and do things for looks versus reality. It's rare that you find people who are one hundred percent real. The world is full of plastic and you're looking for the diamond. They're rough, but you're the diamond trying to find another diamond. It's kind of weird. And I feel like because of what DMX went through, it made him the way he was. 
It made him have the relationship he did have with a lot of people where they loved him and they trusted him. But it also made him a different type of way. I'm going to take a short bristle and we're going to come back. It's crazy. We are back. We are back on point two point two FM. And today's episode, I, Latoya Justice Sharisha Baz, is talking about the king, the legend, the unforgotten soldier, DMX. Yes, many people know him as Dogman X. Some people know him as Earl. Some people know him as dad. Some people know him as brother. Some people know him as son. But his story is so complex. To think that as a kid, he went with his mother, went with his mother, you know, on a trip, going to an orphanage, thinking that he was just going to an orphanage. You know what I mean? And to find out that she said he was just visiting and she just left him there. That's a feeling. That make you feel away. It brought back this own feeling of one of my brother told me that I wasn't supposed to be given up for adoption. At least everybody else knew that. At least he did. He, 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 he saw my mother, my biological mother come home from the hospital. And he was like, where's the baby? And she was like, I let her go. And she grew over me for nine months. I was dead. I had to start a new person to her. And it made me wonder what DMX went through. How old was he when he went through that? My own brother was giving up. For adoption when he was like eight. It made me wonder, like, that feeling. It's a real. I'm sorry, though. It's just a it's just a lot of thoughts that run through my head. You know, during this time, uh, when you go through bereavement, when you go through a celebrity passing away and especially when that person is a part of your childhood you know what I'm saying it's a lot for a lot of people and DMX impacted so many people in his lifetime 50 years old is so young you know what I'm saying 50 years old is so young you have people living to be 110 120 100 90 87 86 85, 80. So you, when you think about 50 years old, it's like this man is a baby. Essentially, he just turned 50. He wasn't even a, he wasn't even a, <laughs> he wasn't even a full 50 and a half. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> you know, but he wasn't even a 50 and a half, you guys. And to go through all of that is real. You know, being in the foster care system, being put up for adoption, being in a situation where you have to be raised by a grandmother or an aunt, 
it puts you in what I like to say an adoption brat lifestyle. You know how they have military brats? They have adoption brats or orphan brats, if you will. You tend to start to be suspicious of people. You want love so much. But you you feel this distrust when you're cross. Like you are able to give that heart so easily. You wear it on your shoulder. But you're tough. And it's like a locket. You got a gold pick to get to the heart. Then when you get in there, it's like a bunch of security tests you got to go through. And once you put in the wrong passcode, yo, it's it's hard for you to get back in there. If you can get back in. Nine times I'm saying you might not be able to get back in. You know what I'm saying? It's really hard. Unless you cross that <laughs> that 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 level where you, you get some type of forgiveness, <laughs> some type of amnesty. You know, and I feel like that's one of the reasons why DMX was so tough. I mean, you got to realize when you from the north, you have to be in a different mindset. When you from a city area, you in a different mindset. Off, up north is not all city. Like, not all of New Jersey is city. Not all of New Jersey is Newark. Not all of New York is New York City. You know what I'm saying? Not all of New York is Brooklyn or Harlem or Queens or, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> you know, <laughs> I can't think <laughs> you know <laughs> Manhattan not all of um LA is Compton or Rodeo Drive you know what I'm saying you have to realize that there are so many different parts you know there's country areas there's you know rural areas there's suburban areas like there's all these different things that happen and all these different um types of places but when you grow up in a place that is kind of rough and tough you tend to speak more in a in a a sense of of urgency in a sense of 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 of, of not so much that you angry but but you 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 are aware that your time is 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 valuable and you and you speak like you kind of annoyed with it. There are nice people, very sweet, calm people up north. But I for one had to learn how to speak slower when I when I moved down here. There are moments where I go really fast and I, and I speak really fast. You know what I'm saying? But there are real moments where I had to learn you have to slow it down a bit because that's what it is with DMX. He has a very aggressive and 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 and, and real tone to him like you could feel his soul coming out every time he speaks a word he's i mean he's not like you know how some people you can tell they just be doing some bs DMX really says what he feels. Like it's no, it's no. He don't hold no punches. Like when he was alive, you could tell he was just he was gonna say what he felt. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't matter if you didn't like it. Like you know what I'm saying? But that's one of the things that people loved about DMX. But I just I wish that he had to go like that. Like, 
addiction is a mug. doesn't matter what addiction you have. It could be a food addiction, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction. <sighs> when you go through so much pain, it just it makes you try to mask. And I just, I'm thinking about, again, that whole, it was like a good 10-minute clip that Roxanne Chate did. It seemed like she did it on Instagram. And she was talking about why she never did drugs and why she never drunk alcohol. You know, why she doesn't do it. And it's because she didn't want to feel like that could solve her pain. Because when you get in that moment and you think, yo, this is it. This is helping me. It becomes, you become dependent on it. You know, you it becomes like you, you with a man just because he can do stuff for you, not because you really care about them. It becomes, I'm with you because of the value you give to me, not because of the fact that I really need you to be in my life. And, and then it becomes that same crutch becomes... <sighs> The thing that breaks you. The thing you love the most becomes a detriment, as Halsey says. She said, now let that sink in. But seriously, that's crazy. And it makes me think about addiction for real. Tomorrow starts Ramadan. And it makes me realize with everything that's going on, you know, my aunt just passed away this week. And sorry, had to pause. It just makes me feel like you really gotta, you really gotta carpe diem. You know, I think with DMX Paxson, it taught a lot of people that you're not invincible. Because, I mean, he got saved so many times. You know, I was I was talking to my mom this week and she was like, she was talking about, well, last week, how my aunt was in the hospital great aunt no my doctor mom was like you know she just she just gave up and she says that a lot I don't think it's so much that people give up I think there are moments where people do give up but there are moments where you just can't control it where stuff just happens and you, you thought you could do certain things or prevent certain things. Or maybe you kept doing and living the lifestyle that you weren't supposed to live. But, I mean, she was 87. So, it wasn't like she was, like, 30 or 50 or even 60. She was she was up there. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I think this whole thing with DMX has really hit me in a weird place. It made me think about my brothers. 
But it also made me think about myself and my own addiction. <sighs> it made me think about Ramadan. It made me think about my kids. And I've been doing some research on his interviews. It made me realize that nothing can be perfect. Your history of who you are to get to this point today may have been a horrible one. You have may have went through so many different things. But the one thing that you must know, the one thing that's the most important is to make the most out of this moment. To carpe diem. To if to remember that if you love what you have, you have everything you need. Nothing can be perfect. You may start off in the first 10 years of you doing whatever you do, it may not hit. But on that 11th year, or that 12th year, or that 15th year, all of a sudden, it's big. It may take seven years to get to where you want to go. You may have to go through levels and layers to get to where you want to go. But do it because you love it. Do it because it's right. And don't let anything or anyone become a crutch. Let your goals and your dreams and your family and your religion and your faith and your your mission for life be your crutch. Don't let drugs and alcohol and anything that could get addicted, food, be addictive, food or sex or attention, the need for attention, be your goal. And always do it and be self-made. So no one can tell you how to do it, when to do it, where to do it. I think that's one thing we learned from Nipsey Hussle's passing. It's sad that these great, legendary, historic kings in this hip-hop field have to pass away. But the one thing you must take away is you need to take away something from their lives. You need to learn and really research them so you can understand what they were trying to do while they were here and what they wanted to do and what they wanted to accomplish after they're here. Because there's still things that you can learn from them. Watching their stories, looking at their videos, listening to their music, reading their books. So I think it's very important that we put our interest into that. I hope that anybody who has lost a loved one during this time or who who really cared about DMX is able to talk it over with somebody. I hope that if you have an addiction, that you are able to go and reach out to the addiction hotlines. Make a friend group. Talk about it. Blog about it. Get it out. And work on a plan to become better. Because if nothing else that I've learned from a DMX's life is that addiction kills and you got a carpe diem guys I'm going to end the show here I hope that you're out there being safe and wrapping it up with a face mask until next time it's Latoya Justice Jari smooches peace Thank you for listening to the Point Two Point Two FM Wall Talking Podcast with your host Latoya Justice Shari 
and your co-host, King Nas. We appreciate you listening and we heart you, fam. But don't forget to check out the Instagram, Walls Talking Podcast, and our Twitter, Twitter Lady Smooches. Peace. Until next time.